the Accidental Engineer. Welcome all, Max of the Accidental Engineer here. Today we are joined by Jamie Pittman and Megan Combs. Welcome both. Hi, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. I guess to start off the show, uh, it would be great to hear a little bit of background about how the two of you both ended up in software engineering. I guess we'll start with Jamie. Do you mind telling about maybe you went to school, you, you got a job, was it software engineer? Not exactly. Um, I My name is Jamie Pittman. I went to undergrad like many of us do and got a degree that I currently do not use. I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science and a master's degree in health education. And originally I left college, didn't know what I wanted to do, wanted to do was a teacher for a little bit. But as I kind of wove through my career path, I always found myself kind of navigating or floating towards the more technical aspects of the career as they presented themselves. Um, So at one point, I was a program coordinator for a weight management program, and I volunteered to manage our WordPress website. And that was really my first kind of experience with web development. You know, I was like, this is really fun, you know. I, I want to learn more. So a couple years later, I'd moved to Texas and was working in human resources, benefits, etc. Played a lot of sports, even as an adult. And I got injured and had to have surgery so I couldn't exercise for quite a while. I decided to kind of jump more into the developer experience and I joined Girl Develop It in Houston, Texas and started taking classes on HTML, CSS, JavaScript, really started to trying to learn on my own how to be a developer. That was about early 2015 or so. I moved back to North Carolina in late 2015 And it took me about a solid year of contemplation and really even just finding out about boot camps to decide that that was going to be my next step. Um, I had a steady career, but I hated it. Um, I was an account manager at that point, and I would call my mom like every day and tell her how much I hated this expletive. And, and, um, I decided to do the the boot camp and work full time. So the boot camp I went to, it was through UNC Chapel Hill and through Trilogy Education, I think is like the actual parent company. And the way that it was structured was, you know, a couple evenings a week and then Saturday. So I was still able to work full time. Um, which was really the only way that was going to be feasible for me. Um, and while I was still going through the boot camp towards the end, an opportunity came up to be an intern at a startup in Motion Now. And I took it and also took a more than 50% pay cut um, to take this internship, which was like this expletive better work out um, (laughs) because this is a big risk but high risk high reward as they say Um, but I just kind of knew if if someone will give me a chance and I can get my foot in the door somewhere it will work out and certainly it did a couple months later 
I had the opportunity to join um, K4 Connect, which is another startup in the Raleigh area. And they had a program called K4 Start, which was for junior developers trying to get acclimated to the industry. Um, all of us that participated in the program were all career changers. Um, so it was nice to have that kind of, you know, common bond and whatever. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a great experience um, being in that program. And I, I certainly learned a lot and it it kicked off my career. So yeah, that that's the Cliff Notes version, I guess. So correct me if I'm wrong, but both you, Jamie and Megan met at K4 Connect. Is that right? Correct. Yes. In, in North Carolina. Uh, yeah. Megan, you come from a similarly accidental background, uh, getting similarly multiple uh, secondary degrees. You got an associate's, bachelor's, master's uh, <laughs> in art and art history. Uh, how the heck did you end up doing software engineering? Yeah, uh, so this is Megan. And um, basically, I was living in New York City and I had finished my master's degree in art history and I had a boatload of debt. And for about five years, I was trying to find a job in my field and I applied for between probably a thousand and fifteen hundred jobs and got an interview, uh, one interview out of all of those for a full time position. And also, but didn't get that position. Um, <laughs> and so I kind of, you know, went a little parallel and started working at a gallery, which is actually, uh, so it's a for-profit versus a non-profit museum. So, uh, and I wanted to be in the non-profit sector. So I kind of settled for a for-profit and um, the gallery was not bad. It was just a uh, very slow pace and a little bit boring and, um, but one project I really liked, which is actually similar to Jamie, uh, is we had a horrible website. Like uh, they used Times New Roman and it was just super dated. And you had to pay a developer to change anything and charge a boatload of money. So I told the gallery owner, hey, let me research some options. And so I found Squarespace and I rebuilt our entire website from the ground up. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't code at that point, but like it made me want to know more about what was going on on the other side of that. And um, this was just a curious curiosity that I had at that point. Uh, but I was also kind of unhappy living in New York at that time. I'd lived there for seven years and I was far away from family. And um, it's just, if anybody out there has lived there, it's a really hard city, like emotionally and physically to live in. And I kind of was looking for a way out um, I didn't know that that would be to change a career though. And so I was kind of talking to an old friend about that who had changed his career from music to software development. And he had been a software developer for two years at that point. And he pushed me to look at coding and he was like, just, just try it and see if you like it. And so I took online courses with Code Academy and Free Code Camp. And I really did like it. Um, it was like solving puzzles and which was kind of my forte um, is puzzles and patterns and which hmm, art history patterns. <laughs> so kind of related. <laughs> so I, I did it for about a few months uh, to really solidify, to make sure that I really did like it. And in the interim, 
as I was doing that, I was saving a lot of money because I had this idea of, you know what, I think I'm going to change my career and I think I'm going to leave. So I'm going to start saving a ton of money uh, while I prepare for this, but I also want to make sure because it's a really big change. Um, and I was also 30 at that point. So I was no longer, you know, in my twenties where you can take a lot of risks. So I really wanted to be sure. And I, after, a, you know, four to six months, I think of doing it, I was like, you know what, this is really great. And I enjoy my coding over what I'm doing at the gallery. So I think I'm really going to do that. And I learned that doing a coding boot camp was the really the best way to jumpstart my career. Uh, but I saw that most of them were full time. And so I knew I wouldn't be able to work and do the boot camp at the same time. So I decided to move back to North Carolina where my mom lives and move in with her and do a coding boot camp. Um, I'm not going to say the name of it because they <laughs> went bankrupt uh, halfway through. Um, and that was kind of, you know, a kick in the butt a little bit and kind of like, oh, did I make this huge mistake? And it's so funny because right after they went bankrupt, literally like one week after they went bankrupt, uh, the woman who I had hired at the gallery to replace me was leaving and my the gallery owner asked me to come back for like double the salary and so it was like hey Megan this is this point in your life where you really need to make a decision yeah so it was it was really interesting um and I had to really uh I had a, a moment of soul searching right there that was <laughs> super deep and but you know I came to the conclusion with my mom that you know I made the decision to change for a reason so I was going to stick it out and luckily that worked out. Um, the gallery hired a new person and she's still there and she's great. Um, she actually still calls me to see if she needs help sometimes. <laughs> and, um, and then the boot camp restarted. So they got different funding and were able to restart. And I had to start over, but I'd already learned so much that I, I was actually able to be kind of a mentor to the newer people, which um, I think helped my skill set a lot. And uh, after that was done, that was about a seventh month period. I started looking for jobs and I went to a job fair at a college in Raleigh, North Carolina and found this company K4 connect. And they were a mission driven company, which at this point in time, I didn't realize existed in the software world. I, I thought it was, you know, the tech world was not really the same as a, as the nonprofit world is. And K4 connect is not a nonprofit, but the fact that it's mission driven um, in a way that they're trying to help people. And that is their number one goal. Uh, profit is their second goal is why I was drawn to this company. So I applied for the K4 start program as well. I didn't get in. Um, so I'm not as good as Jamie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and she was applying for the second round. Not yeah. The same second round. round, Not the same round as her. So it was the second round and, um, I didn't get it, but I connected really well with the, uh, people who interviewed me. So, I said, hey, what about volunteering? Because my friend who had uh, pushed me into doing coding, he had done the same thing. So he had taught himself how to code and then volunteered somewhere and then moved his way up. And I knew that this was, I mean, as a very, you know, like junior, junior developer, this was going to be, this is going to have to be the way to do it. And so I asked to volunteer and I was even committed to, um, going between Raleigh and my mom's house, if I had to do it for free that, and it was an hour and a half each way. So I would have done it. And luckily they came back and said, you know what, let's, let's actually do a full-time paid internship. 
And so that, <laughs> that worked out for me. So, um, I went from having no income living off my savings to having an income. So, uh, it was a little different from Jamie, but we did start in a similar position where we started with internships and then they took me on full time this past October and, um, pretty much they doubled my salary at that point, which was awesome. And I mean, that's the way you do it. And right now though, I'm not a developer. I actually moved into the QA space. Uh, I liked that a lot better. Again, like I'm good at finding patterns and uh, part of finding bugs in programming is, you know, finding the patterns and like what, how is this going wrong and everything. So I actually was better at that. So now I'm a test engineer and I focus on user experience at K4 Connect. Awesome. It's super cool to hear both your guys's, I'm sure abbreviated versions of events. Uh, <laughs> I think I speak for everyone when I say that the risks, the risk appetite that you both have is incredible. Uh, I think sometimes maybe with a few years perspective or several years perspective, looking back, you guys might feel that it, it was obvious, but, or, or uh, that the risk wasn't as big as people might imagine, but Hey, like getting your compensation cut in half uh, walking away from a paying job and then that coming back and them offering you double, those are some serious, uh, serious hurdles thrown up in front of you. Um, yeah. I can, I can speak that I similarly, my first job programming was not as a even engineer title. Um, I, my first job out of school was not programming. Uh, my second job was, and I similarly was at a crossroads decision-making wise around, uh, should I do a secondary or tertiary degree in, you know, trying trying to rebrand myself and get an education in computer science, or should I try and get a job and, uh, you know, learn coding on the job? Uh, and I, I think for me, the risk appetite, I, I think I displayed less risk appetite than either of you, <laughs> you have. Um, but with, with several years perspective, looking back at the decisions you guys each had to make what uh what if anything would you guys do differently are, are there shortcuts that you think you could have found or or realizations about maybe what employers are looking for that might have been helpful to know at the time you both made decisions about becoming software engineers um i i would say looking back i mean and one thing I want to mention too, uh, Megan mentioned her age. I'm 35, so this career change did not happen um, in my. Tw I mean, I was in my 30s when I decided to change careers. So I think that's important to note that you know, if it, if you're unhappy in your career, now is the best time. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or anything like that. Um, I, I think there's another, and you mentioned a really good point too, Max, like about, you know, you kind of thought about maybe I'll go back to school and get a degree in computer science. And I, I definitely thought about that too. Um, and Megan's nodding her head um, as well. And I think, you know, everybody's a little different. Um, I know some people who are completely self-taught as, you know, Megan mentioned she does too, that landed jobs. Um I think one thing I would say to that too is like you have to be able willing and able to do the work 
I think is kind of one of those things. I think I'm diverting from your actual question. <laughs> and going yeah. off on it. Yeah, let me. uh, This is totally helpful. I mean, what uh, what are characteristics that people should feel like they have before making this jump? Those those are definitely important. Yeah, definitely they have to be brave. They have to not give up. I wouldn't. I would say there's, and unfortunately, I would say there aren't any shortcuts. I mean, you have to do the work if you really want to make a change. I mean. But the cool thing is, is you have power to do it. Like if you really set your mind to it and you um, try it. And I think, you know, if you are a little bit more risk averse than we are, there are ways to say like, do I really think that I want to do this? You know, do I really think that I'm good at this? Um, And I think there are enough people who would be willing to maybe mentor you and say, you know, actually you probably need a little bit more work here or whatever. And um, but I will say that um, I think half, maybe a little less or a little more than half of the junior and mid-level developers nowadays, especially at startups, don't have a CS degree. Like yeah. they don't, they, and you, that actually makes those companies stronger because a diversity in background is going to allow for different people's, um, you know, backgrounds to influence their work and make the product stronger. So I think if you target companies that are open to things like that, and it's not just startups, I mean, larger companies, the opportunities are out there. You just have to, I mean, work your expletive ass off. (laughs) (laughs) I said expletive, I did say. Anyway, I did. Um, But really, I mean, it's a lot of hard work, but I think think most people could probably do it um, just because when, well, Anybody who has the drive can do it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, too, to kind of piggyback on what Megan's saying, you know, don't join a boot camp or go get a degree in computer science because you're trying to make that money, honey, because <laughs> it's got to be more about your actual passion for this, this skill set, this discipline. And your willingness to constantly be learning. Because I cannot tell you how many people that I saw in the boot camp classes that I went to that literally thought them just showing up that they were going to leave and have this bomb career. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to like be honest with yourself about your If you can't turn a computer on, which I kid you not, there was somebody in my boot camp class she luckily removed herself um, from the class. But I mean, you know, be honest with yourself about where your skills lie. And if this is really something for you, like, is this something that you can actually do for a career? Um, it's a lot of work. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there are long hours. And I mean, if, and you, there's that grind. I mean, we both started in internships that paid us very minimal and we worked, you know, eight, nine, 10 hours a day sometimes. And you kind of have to, and if you're not passionate about it, you're going to get burnt out real fast. But one other thing though, is to know that there are parallel um, opportunities where you don't just have to be a programmer. Like I realized programming itself is not exactly my passion, but tech 
and a mission driven company is my passion. So I found something in there that I could do that I'm good at that I like doing every day. Um, and so and I think doing a boot camp actually led me to that path. So it was like an in into the tech field. So if you just want to be in the tech field, a boot camp might be a good idea, even if maybe programming isn't exactly what you yeah. want to do. Um, but it is a very big time commitment and monetary commitment. I mean, our my boot camp was fourteen grand. Just gonna, I mean, it was a lot of money. Yeah. So, and I already had student loan debt, so it was a real big decision. So, um, yeah, I can't. I think mine was around eight grand. Well, damn. Um, so down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they didn't go out of business. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, but I think to your original question, like having been in this field for a couple years, looking back, you know, one, I kind of kicked myself for maybe not doing something like this sooner, but it's kind of like hindsight's 2020, right? Um, but I'm glad that I did things the way that I did with the boot camp and not necessarily going back for another degree. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, yes, the boot camp doesn't teach you everything, can I tell you about a bubble sort? I cannot. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you about, you know, very specific algorithms that perhaps I use every day? Not really. Um, <laughs> but I can execute and, and write JavaScript, you know, as well as any other developer that's been doing it for two years. Um, and so I think that's one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, don't, it's impossible to learn it all, you know, and if a boot camp is what works for you, then I mean, I think that's that's great, but yeah, I wouldn't looking back, I wouldn't have done it any other way, honestly. Um, I'm not even sure there yeah. was any other way for me, I definitely yeah. didn't want another degree, right? Because they take forever, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're coming straight out of high school and like are confident that this is what you want to do, then maybe that that's a different discussion I will you know? say though at my boot camp there was a guy who came out of high school went straight into the boot camp I mean he was 18 years old finished and went to uh, a job that was paying him 80 grand right Shut off the up. I'm not even kidding I mean that's probably rare but guys this happens yeah, <laughs> I think I think there's really sparse information and people don't like talking about compensation publicly and they fear that Well, speaking of learning everything and there being different skill sets, maybe like front end or QA, uh, how did how did you feel about the curriculum that you found in the boot camps versus maybe what you self taught and versus what you later realized was most valued at your jobs? Um, I know for me, we you know. At least with my boot camp, it was, I think, six months. I think it was six months. And, you know, we started with HTML, then CSS, and then probably spent the most time on JavaScript. We, I was the second cohort ever in this boot camp, and we were supposed to learn React, but we never got to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came into my internship and eventual job at K4, not knowing any frameworks. Um, so I wish we would have been able to learn a framework or at least a little bit more JavaScript. 
Um, and it was kind of in a transitional period too with like ES6. Um, but you know, what I learned on the job and then just kind of in my own self study, I think was enough. Sometimes I do wish I had, even though I was just like, oh yeah, you know, you can't learn at all. But what I found with a lot of job interviews and I, I will, even if I, like when I was at other jobs, I would still take job interviews to practice. Um, every single place asked me, has asked me about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, computer science related questions. So it, it's interesting because I, I just think like I was at my job, you know, for several years and none of this was ever relevant. Not to say those things are not relevant, but I would much rather somebody be able to execute their work versus, um, you know, tell me about bubble sorts. And, and I keep using that example. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I just, yeah, I wish there was a little bit more in depth with the boot camp, but it's honestly, it's kind of like, there's, there's so much, right? So much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and by the way, guys, that's not us groaning. That's Jamie's three very sweet dogs. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it. Yeah. You can't see it. Um, so, uh, I think my boot camp, um, so it was .NET C Sharp. So they really didn't, I mean, they did like a couple of weeks on front end, uh, languages, but mostly it was back end. And, um, the problem with that is that really limits where you can get hired. And I found that to be really challenging because, um, I don't know if your audience knows this, but like C Sharp developers have to have, um, uh, I believe there has to be like a, a certification that's not a certification, but they have to have like some sort of thing that they have, that the company pays for. If you want to use C Sharp, you have to have it's, this. It's the Microsoft tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Microsoft's going to make you pay for it. Um, so a lot of a lot of places will use JavaScript. So I would say I wish I had gotten way more JavaScript than I did. I mean, we barely got any. And then also, I feel like they do miss some basics. I mean, they never really taught us, uh, hey, how the internet works. You know, <laughs> like I mean, people were coming in there with no computer skills and the bootcamp was saying, Oh, you can have no computer skills and we'll teach you how to code. Well, yeah, they taught us how to code in a bubble. Like they taught us how to code in very specific circumstances with very specific programs, but they didn't teach us the wider world of what programming is. And so there are all these things that I'm learning at K4 connect that I'm like, Whoa, I, I don't know what that is. Like, I mean, just, that kind of stuff, I think it would behoove people to maybe study a little bit of some basics on their own outside of a bootcamp because they're probably not going to do that. Um, I mean, even learning how to use GitHub, they never taught me that. Yeah. And you use GitHub every dang day. Mm -hmm. Like, so, um, and even the command line, they didn't teach me that either, which we use that every day. I even use it as a QA person. So um, there are going to be some holes and that's to be expected in a, uh, something called a boot camp that's trying to cram as much knowledge into your brain in a short amount of time. So, um, and the people who make it are the people who work outside the yeah. boot camp. And yeah, it's hard. It's going to be hard, but that's what you gotta do. Yeah. <laughs> that's something I want to commend boot camps for is that unlike more traditional education, they let you register 
for a very soon registration date. You know, you can you can start your classes pretty quickly once you've decided exactly. you want to start taking classes. Because they want your money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's crazy. It's crazy that more formal programs, like I was considering doing a master's in computer science and I quit my job in anticipation of doing the master's and I was unemployed for four months before I planned to start the program and decided instead to take a job, but I had to wait four months. <laughs> I was unemployed for four months. It was a lot of fun, but it wasn't uh, necessarily what's you know ideal for someone who's wanting to make a career transition right now. So I, I think that's a, a, a real positive about the bootcamp experience is yeah. being able to start them ASAP. Uh, one of the things... Yeah, I mean, sure. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm definitely not knocking boot camps. I, I'm definitely glad I did it, even though it was kind of limiting. I mean, it is, it is a great way to get into the field fast. Totally. One of the things I wanted to mention is we'll include in the show notes links to some of the stuff we've mentioned, like Code Academy, uh, uh, free, free Code Bootcamp. Uh, even, even some of the starter guides for GitHub are really good. Uh, they do a great job of laying it out for beginners who might have, you know, a- Apple computers, Windows computers, just how to install Git, just how to create an account, et cetera, et cetera. So I totally agree. I wish, I wish personally in my learning path <laughs> for software engineering that Git came a lot earlier, Git being the version control tool uh, for, you know, submitting changes you may want to make to software. Uh, it's surprising that that doesn't come up much, much sooner in formal or informal yeah. software education, for sure. But yeah, uh, given a little perspective on on the curriculum that you both got in your guys' education, uh, what are some of the most in-demand skills now? What do, you, what do you both see as being the most in-demand skills going forward, I guess? I would say definitely knowing JavaScript really, really well um, is going to take you really far. Even if you don't learn a framework in any formal education that you're doing, um, maybe you can learn one, you know, on your own as you kind of polished your JavaScript or really in tandem. But I would say if you can do JavaScript really well, you can learn any framework um, and really kind of bounce from framework to framework. Um, I mentioned we were supposed to learn React in the boot camp that I did. We kind of did, but not really. Um, but when I got to K4, we were using Angular JS. Um, and so that was the first framework that I learned. Um, I started learning React on my own a little bit. Um, I've started learning Vue on my own. Um, and where I am now, they um, use Angular 2+. So I'm looking at that and I'm, I'm seeing lots of consistencies. And at the end of the day, you're going to use JavaScript with every single yeah. one of those frameworks. Um, but yeah, I think if you can, you know, learn JavaScript really well, that's going to take you far. And then certainly depending on what your desires are, um, whether it's more of a front end role or um, more of a back end or cloud type role, those will certainly um, vary. But I feel like some like 
CSS, not, I'm not saying it's easier by any means, please nobody get upset with me. Um, <laughs> HTML and CSS are very different, I think, skill sets. Mm -hmm. um, for example, accessibility is a huge thing right now. And that is a completely different skill set than being able to write a function, you know, to click a button. Mm -hmm. um, so very, very different. But I think, um, you know, depending on what you want to do, certainly those are some key things that I think are, are really important right now and, and definitely will continue to be. Yeah, I, I agree with Jamie. I mean, uh, JavaScript is you want to learn core languages that have been um, persistent in the computer science world for ages. So um, I know there's JavaScript, uh, Python is a really big one um, that people think is all new agey, but it's actually been around since I think the 90s. And um, a lot of data scientists are using it. And then there's Java, uh, which is an object-oriented program that's very similar to C-sharp, but I think more people are using it than C-sharp. And if you actually, you know, Google, uh, what are the top three languages that they, that you want? It's usually Python, JavaScript, and Java. So, um, C-sharp doesn't even make it, and I don't even think it makes it in the top five. So, um, but saying that, I would say that you also should look at what kind of company you want to work for, because there are companies that are very specific to, we only use C-sharp and yeah, they'll use JavaScript and CSS and all that for the front end stuff. But if you're going to be a full stack or a backend developer, <laughs> um, then we need you to know C-sharp. So that was one thing about my bootcamp that I realized a little too late that the kind of companies that hire for C-sharp developers are not exactly the companies that I personally would go for. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, but I would still champion JavaScript is probably a really, really good one to know inside and out. Agreed. Agreed. I, I personally have never conducted my job search like this, but it's true that if people have a dream employer, definitely by all means go check out their jobs listings and they will, yeah. you know, publicly say what they're looking for skills wise. So that's one route to go. If you want to work at Google, go look at Google's jobs listings. They'll tell you. <laughs> um, right. Right. For for our audience that might may but maybe even ignorant of even what you might build with JavaScript, could you give us a sense of what it is that you're now able to build now that you both know JavaScript? What is, what does JavaScript enable you to build software wise? Really functional applications. Um, we at K four Connect. Um, I say we, but at K4 Connect, you know, I worked on our client facing application and the just like cliff notes about K4 Connect. It's an IOT company and it's exclusively in retirement communities at this point. Um, residents who are in the community have an app and that's the app that I worked on and you can message other residents in the community. You can message friends and family, upload photos. You can look at content. Um, you can, yeah, sign up for events. So kind of thinking through, you know, some of those elements. I mean, even make phone calls, mm -hmm. you know, using things like Twilio and OpenTalk. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you can do. Um, you can make API calls, you know, to like, I've, one of my side projects that I want to work on is, 
um, a an app like a nutrition app just for me personally but I'm like oh cool you know there's this um, like major database of nutrition um, information that I can call to and I can make an app for myself where I can like log my food and, and do some other things and kind of integrate a couple different things. Um, so I think really this is maybe not the answer you were looking for, but I think JavaScript kind of gives you endless possibilities in a way, not completely. I mean, a lot of times you do have to have some skill sets elsewhere to really make your vision come to life. But I mean, it, it really can help you do a lot of really powerful things. Yeah, I'm not a programmer, but I witness programmers day to day. And so on another team at K4 Connect, we build the staff uh, facing um, application and it's like a it's like a dashboard. And right now we're actually converting the entire thing from this horrible thing called ext.js um, <laughs> to, to React. And it's interesting because there are so many cool tools that you can use. Like right now we're using this one called Storybook where you can build individual React components and you can test them inside Storybook and then you can um, purpose, like use them all across the dashboard. So there's like this continuous flow and they don't have to build all these components from scratch. And, but in, at the core, it's JavaScript. I mean, it's just frameworks on top of JavaScript, or I think that's how that works, right? Um, (laughs) And so that's really cool. And it makes, not only does it make the um, dashboard more uh, responsive and um, like easier to use for our staff, but it's faster to build things for us as developers. I mean, we're really small teams and using tools like this, it helps us build a very complicated application into something that's super useful. So that's mainly what we use it on, on that team. And then I, I'm also on that app team that Jamie was talking about. So um, I see it a little bit there too. Um, right now we're working with the native app though. So that's different, <laughs> a whole other animal there. So I guess we'll wrap with any last thoughts you both have about uh, uh, resources maybe that people starting out would find most helpful. We covered Code Academy, Free Code Camp, uh, GitHub. Anything else that we can plug real quick? I would say those are really great. I mean, I'm not kidding when I say I know people who have done the entire Free Code Camp, created a portfolio, and got jobs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really you have to be able to demonstrate what you can do. And I think that's sometimes a struggle for people. Um, I know for me, that is why I wanted to go to a boot camp or do some type of classroom type learning because I was not just going to come up with random projects on my own type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but I personally, in addition to those, um, I do, uh, tutorials with Scott Talinsky, the level up tutorials. Um, one of my friends, uh, fellow developer, Shane McCoy, shout out Shane. Shout out. Um, <laughs> he is a huge West Boss fan. And so now I'm a huge West Boss fan and I like his tutorials as well. But the possibilities are endless on YouTube. Yeah. You know, you need to know something, Google it, um, or search on YouTube. You will find 
a resource um, and everybody learns a little bit differently, right? So I think that's important, identifying how you're going to learn best and then trying to find, you know, something that that's going to work well for you. Um, I don't necessarily have something to plug exactly, but just some advice. Um, I would try to join maybe meetup groups of developers. Um, that way you can get the lowdown on what the development world is really like. And you can also maybe even get mentors if they're willing and they can tell you maybe holes in the bootcamp if you're if you're in a bootcamp or where you should look. Um, I also think if you are... Um, uh, like a woman, like we are, yeah. um, there are great resources like women who code, who, um, specifically have like job boards, um, for you to post on once you are finished. And they have a great network of women who are also developers because that just presents an entirely different challenge, um, since it's a male dominated field. And so things like that are really great. And I know women who code have like different chapters in different cities. We have a Raleigh chapter here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would say is trying to reach out to fellow developers and, you know, like find a mentor. I think that would yeah. be a really great way to, I, yeah, I, I was wish gonna, I had a mentor earlier. <laughs> right. I think that's really key for those folks that are self-taught or going through a boot camp. You have to find mentors that can help you and guide you and are willing to kind of take you under their wing and teach you and, and really to kind of also echo Megan's suggestion about going to meetups. Um, that I think is critical. I've also, I also know people who were self-taught that got their jobs by going to meetups. Mm -hmm. Um, networking. Yeah. It's, it's really, I mean, honestly, I was one of those people when I was in college that thought, uh, I'm, you know, have a high GPA and this and that, like, I'm just going to get a job because I, you know, look good on paper. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and like, spoiler alert, y'all, that's not how not it works. works. <laughs> it is really, truly about the connections that you're making. And guess what? If someone likes you, they're probably going to stick their neck out for you yeah. and help you yep. um, try to get a job. I, yeah. I have to wrap it there, but I want to thank both of you guys for coming on. Uh one, one thing I'll mention real quick is if people want to get a hold of Jamie or Megan, you can find them on LinkedIn. Uh, if you guys don't mind, I'll include links in the show notes to that as well. Sure. Uh, but otherwise, thank you guys both for coming on. For more, visit us on iTunes or our website at theaccidentalengineer.com.